The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul MacDonald. Week 5 of the NFL season is in the bag and so the 49ers head to North Carolina to take on the Panthers at the Bank of America Stadium. There was that many 49ers fans there, it's, it could be seen from space with a very powerful telescope. Six days after turning the Rams into lambs again, San Francisco turned the Panthers into kittens in a thoroughly dominant performance. Against all our expectations, the 49ers kept the pressure on through the second half of the game to win by more than 20 points. And George Kittle decided to drive something new to liven up the game by simply giving the ball back to the Panthers. Or maybe it was a pity fumble. Who knows? Joining me to relish in the game are Deepak Goldhill and James Little. Good evening, guys. Uh, good evening. evening, everyone. How are you all feeling today? Really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. There's, there's no hangover from this game, is it? It was a, it was a great game to watch. Yeah, it was. The, we're talking about the Carolina game, or because they were both great to watch, weren't they? <laughs> they were. We're concentrating more on the on the Carolina game this one um, in this episode. Um, obviously, we we uh, we did beat the Rams as well um, the previous week, six six days previously. Um, but as I say, we're we're concentrating on the the Carolina game in this episode. Deepak, what were your what were your overall highlights of the game? What what made you happy about the performance? I think everything. Um, the offense managed to post up some points, which it had not done really this season. <clears throat> the defense contributed with another touchdown. Defense was dominant yet again. Jimmy Garoppolo had um, an excellent game. Okay, he didn't do anything wrong. Okay, uh, but this win came at a hard, hard price. Uh, hard, hard price. You're talking about the injuries that we suffered. Um, yeah. let, let's briefly discuss those injuries. Well, let's see. Nick Bosa, gone. You know. Um, gosh, where's my thing gone? Just losing Bosa alone is uh, it's devastating. It was like when we lost George Kittle. You know. Yeah. Losing Robbie Gould, you know, it's 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 insanity. Wisconsin, did you see Wisnowski's field goal attempt? It wasn't like oh, it was horrific. <laughs> did you see Robbie Gould's face when he kicked it? Yeah. Oh, it was like Robbie. You, you've got to see him in the meeting rooms on Monday. Um, yeah, I mean, losing. I think we what we're losing Bosa for a couple of weeks. Let let's be careful with that that we don't rush him back. I know he's going to be the the biggest loss. Um, I think we'll manage against the Falcons, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But the I think the game after, without looking at the schedule, am I right in saying is it the Chiefs? Yeah, but this puts a lot of pressure on our offense. I think to to do even more because mm. with uh, Robbie Gould gone, that's. That's it. We can't languish in the red zone without a touchdown now. Uh, they have been working kickers out. I saw one recognisable name, which I'm scrambling to find, which unfortunately I can't find in time, uh, who kicked on a team last season that we will recognise. Cody Parker. There you go. The name's just come to me. Cody Parker. Forget who we played for, but we've worked out Cody Parker. Um, I fear that it may have been the last time we see Robbie Gold in a... Niners jersey. I may be wrong. I don't know how serious the injury is. Um, 
He has, although that being said, guys, he hasn't been Mr. Reliable that he's always been this season. He's he's yeah. missed a few. Is that a, um, yeah, he's had a couple of wobbly kicks, that's for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but you, Dave Pack's right, it puts more onus on the offence to score. Sevens, not threes, if I'm right in saying, is the uh, the saying that I see frequently. The mantra. <laughs> yeah, the, the mantra. mantra. <laughs> um, um, go on, sorry. Go on. No, no. I was just saying, yeah, it just it puts more onus on the offense to score points, which, as we know, when Jimmy can be under pressure to deliver, we he has crumbled in the past. When things are all going well, it seems to go well for Jimmy. But when he's put the game on, when the game's put on his shoulders entirely, things in the past from experience tend to go a bit wobbly. So we'll see. Uh, we've had two great weeks of football. But uh, as happy as we are about those two weeks, like Deepak said, it came at a great cost. Emmanuel Mosley on the defence, just as our secondary was looking so good mm. compared to what we've seen before. Yeah. You know, losing him to an ACL. I mean, that's a that's a really serious injury. And yeah, I, I accept that the way they treat an ACL now is different to back in the day. Back in the day, it was almost a career ender. Yeah, you know now they can recover from these. They've, they've got the surgery right. You know it's about recovery and uh, and luck. You know so hopefully he'll he'll get back. And I think the other one was Jimmy Ward. I think he's out as well. Broken hand. Yeah. And he's only just come back. He was playing. He didn't he break his wrist or something on yeah, the first broken snap. Hand. Broken hand. crossed. Broken hand. He hasn't had much luck, has he? These are big hitting players. These aren't your mm. fringe players. These are. These are really important guys on on our defense, you know. And speaking of which, our defense, come on, it's it's all world right now. It's on fire. <laughs> it's, it's... Well, speaking of that, our our attrition rate on the defense has been shocking to say the least. Is part of that down to the fact that the defense is spending so much time on the field? Yeah, because of how the offense has been playing. I think that always has a lot to do with it, Paul, because you know, I think a, a good example here is the Denver game where we were forcing Denver three and out, three and out, three and out, literally every time they got the ball. But then our offense was going three and out, three and out, three and out. And regardless of the field position that this defense was giving the offense, they still couldn't produce. And um, that takes its toll on a team. It knackers a defense out enormously. And when you're knackered, you're going to make mistakes. You're also going to make a lot of mental mistakes too because you're yeah, so tired, yeah. you know. And um, that, that Denver game is really one I would like to have a rewind and uh, have another go at one day. Mm. Yeah. All things being equal, it would be fantastic. Uh, well, Jimmy G, let, let's talk about Jimmy G for a second. He had a pretty decent game, all things being equal. 18 of 30 for 253 yards. Uh, he scored two. Oh, he, he set up two touchdowns, zero interceptions this time. He was sacked twice, um, and he had a pass rating of one hundred and nine point four. Do you think that was one of his better games as a Forty Nine er? Yeah, I do. And for me, again, with Jimmy G, if, you know, the scripted plays work for him. You know, if a play is mm. scripted, he's okay. You know, it's once a play breaks down or he needs to extend it, that's when the interceptions and the sacks and the fumbles and all bad Jimmy comes out to play. But to his yeah. credit, you know, I think with the defense that we've got and the offense as well, because we've got all pros on both sides of the ball, I think Jimmy just needs to game manage and do that 
he, he just needs to be average and we can win, if that makes mm. sense. You know, he doesn't need to do really crazy things. He just needs to be average and we're going to be okay. Yeah, I think we. Uh, you've just hit the nail on the head from what we discussed in the game day, Fred, during the games, which is exactly that. We just need him to be average. I mean, he got, what, he got 253 yards, but, I mean, he doesn't have to or shouldn't be asked to pass more than six or seven yards, and that may sound mental for an NFL quarterback, but... The way our offense is set up with screens um, and you know short pass, short yardage players, the yak boys, as it were, who were back in town once again, yeah. um, then that's what we, you know, it, 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 he's a perfect scheme fit in that notion. But like Deepak said, it's when the play breaks down or the offensive line breaks down is when the issues occur. When he has to, rather than right one two three go, as in like a thought process you know, go for the reads or step up, throw. It's when it's like one, two, oh, right, uh, five, six. You know what I mean? It's it's, yeah, it's yeah. methodic. It's a method- he's a methodical quarterback, if that makes sense, is what yeah. I one consider thing- him as. He's If if it's like D said, if the play it ca- is carried out and goes as planned and scripted, then he's good. Yeah. But it's when things change. It's, you know, if a block you know, a, a block on a slant occurs and he, that was his go-to read and he has to change to another read quickly. Uh, you know, all this is very, is done in the space of, what, four, five seconds, six seconds, however long the offensive line can hang out. That's when we have issues. So it does massively depend on the offensive line as well. But, yeah, game manager, that's, that's the perfect description for him. That's what we need him to be. The, the one thing I noticed about his game was... Um... I, I was assuming that his safety valve would be his first choice, i.e. George Kittle every single throw, Kittle, Kittle, mm. Kittle, like he used to do. And uh, he rarely threw to George Kittle. Uh, I mean, he, he did get him for a couple of big gains, and one obviously was a fumble that you can't blame Garoppolo for. But, no. you know, he, I, I honestly thought he would just, Kittle will have like 300 receiving yards, you know, because that's all he's, that's all, Garoppolo will do is just throw to Kittle, but he but he actually didn't do that. Mm. Do you think that Jimmy's realised that he he's got more offensive weapons on 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 the offense there with him, and and that's why he's not relying on George Kittle so much. What a good question. I, I think it's it's not people go. This is the thing that annoys a lot of fans and that's been discussed is why don't we utilize Jimmy more? Why don't we utilize juice more? You know, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's okay. You know, say, Oh, give Jimmy, give uh, George two or three passes, give juice a couple. Give, you know, there's only so many players in the game and situations mm. change on the field. But what I do see, especially with so far this season in the past two weeks is where George has played. He's been used more as an extra offensive lineman to give Jimmy that protection in order to make the throws to Debo, yeah. you know, Ayuk, etc. So it's not a case of, you know, why aren't we using Kittle more? We're using Kittle we're using Kittle as he's one of his best attributes, if not his best. He's, he's blocking. So if yeah. we use him as an extra offensive lineman, give Jimmy that extra time and protection less mistakes will occur. And I'm sure if you ask George, he's more than happy to go face-to-face, pads-to-pads with another player than he is catching uh, 30, 40 yards, um, you know, straight down the middle 
I'm sure he's as happy doing that because he's a team player. But I suppose the question comes into are we paying that much money for an extra offensive lineman? But that's so far what that's what I saw against the Panthers. Anyway, was that extra protection? Well, you made a, a really astute observation because if you remember Debo's touchdown, um, mm-hmm. that was Kittle's block was instrumental yep. in that, and um, and also Juice. I mean. You see, I think you're going to see Juice, people like that, get the ball more when the play breaks down because Juice is literally always wide open on every play that he's not blocked. Check down. He's yeah, he's soft. a check down, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. so um, I think you'll see him when the play breaks down, which is a shame because this guy really can get open, you know. But mm. you are right. Kittle's contribution shouldn't be measured just by how many yards he gets or his yak yards or any of that business. I think his contribution as a, as a blocker is is what allows your Ayuks and your Debos to get the yak yards, you know. So he mm-hmm. he is contributing massively to this offense. It's just not in terms of receiving yards. Yeah. George Kittle, the Swiss Army knife of the 49ers offense. Yeah, well, <laughs> he really is. He used to be yeah. Steve Young, whose birthday it was the other day. So happy birthday, Steve Young. That was a... That was a Swiss Army knife of a football player if there ever was one. <laughs> <laughs> um Speaking of George Kittle, we need to talk about that fumble. It was a mess. It, it was a silly thing, and and we can't we can't lambast him too much for it. But we don't expect that from George Kittle, do we? No, but again, I think it's one of those where you've got a player who's a yak player. You know, these guys yeah. are probably thinking about what how to get upfield and get the yak yards before they actually catch the ball and. Uh, that can cause problems, you know. Sometimes you just got to secure it and then move. These guys are thinking two or three moves ahead all the time. Yeah. So you got to let him have one here and there. He's yeah. I mean, of fumbles. we've seen Debo do it as well in Georgie's defence. Yeah. And you could say Debo's got as solid hands as anyone in the NFL. So I think any player in the NFL can fumble the ball, especially when you've got the uh, you know the, the opposition that are so accurate with these punch outs. I've seen it a lot in other games this season. Uh, you know, the DBs and how they just punch the ball. I mean, I've never tried it. I've never played, but I imagine it's incredibly hard when you've got people with that much power behind them trying to punch the ball out to hold on to it. Oh, and by the way, try and carry the ball 10, 15 yards because you've picked it up two, three yards from the line of scrimmage. It, it, it's it's forgivable, let's just say that. And it's it George. Is, it's literally like having somebody with a sledgehammer trying to hammer the ball out of your, your, your hands. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Um, we did actually win the turnover battle in the Kittles was a fumble um, and Carolinas was returned for a pick six, which was, it was great to watch. That's always satisfying. E-man as well. I've got, yeah. It's such a game of high and lows for that man. And he's come on yeah, so much. Um, you know, and so we've, we've all seen as well so far this season, Hufunga, how much of a good play he, because we keep hitting on these gems, uh, you know, the the first one I can think of, you know, Fred Warner, for instance, and now we've got Ufanga and Emmanuel Mosley look to be. I mean, I know we signed Travis Ward from the Chiefs, who is probably what, without looking on depth chart, number one. But Emmanuel Mosley for me has been our best corner uh, so far this season, and to lose him is a real disappointment. Although we do have Verrett coming back, how long for? We'll find out how much he plays. Um, I like Verrett, but no, it's 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 a shame. But it was a hell of a pick six. It was brilliant. We've seen a couple. We've seen a couple of good ones this season. And a little bit of love for Tevin Coleman. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's coming back. Tevin Coleman comes back and he scores a touchdown. 
straight away. <laughs> pick, picked up off the streets and comes in for what? Eight for 23 yards, 2.9 yards average, longer 14 and a touchdown. A couple of weeks ago, he was, he was probably sat in a bar with his friends or sat at home in his cinema room with his friends watching the games on Sunday. It's just... Can't ask it, for it more is, than that. Yeah, well, it, uh, yeah, it does, it does not make me laugh, but, you know, like, oh, we'll bring Tevin. We'll bring Tevin back. What's he doing? Oh, he's not with the team. All right, brilliant. Here you go. Slot in here. Remember this game yet? Play, but we've added a few players. Away you go. There you go. Touchdown. Huh. Nice one. Welcome back, mate. It's brilliant. It's it's brilliant what we do with running backs. It really is or rather Kyle and his coaching team, to be fair. Don't forget, he didn't play with the team all summer either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not a good back. We have had some questions in from... Uh, uh, from listeners to the show on the group. Uh, Simon Holdsworth, why do we suffer so many injuries? Is it bad luck? Is it witchcraft? Is it voodoo? Or do we really need to look at the strength and conditioning team? I think um, because this has been a constant for at least the season that we went to the Super Bowl, I think it was 2019, 2020 season. Um, It's not really resolved itself since then, has it? You know, it's, it hasn't. It hasn't. And it's I, been going on years. We, I, I remember when I first, when I we, I first appeared on this podcast. Some, what it's got to be four years ago now, guys. It was a thing before Kyle. Um, yeah. It, it's been a thing, as as a follower of the team for you know you guys have been following a lot longer than me. We've always had these key players you know go down in seasons and it's only through you know like 2019 like you say even uh you know the nfc gets the nfc champion it's the other players that step up you carry Hyder juniors i know jones has now left us he went to the broncos he stepped up uh last season we had another guy on the d line step up i mean don't forget uh kinlaw's out well kinlaw's not been playing again first round pick Another D lineman first round pick that's never fit and playing. So we do get these key injuries to you know key players of our team every single season. I I can't remember a fully fit season for as long as I can remember, but it's something. It's it's something, and we just don't know. We we discuss it time and time again, but it's definitely something. Do you remember that season uh, after the Super Bowl? We I think it was a game, a second game. I don't know. It was when Jimmy Garoppolo was playing out of his skin. He was having a phenomenal quarter. It was at the New York Jets. Mm. And then I think we got like eight or seven or eight injuries in the whole game. And everyone was blaming the the turf for it, you know. Yeah. So, um, and I think this is something that we were going to talk about. And um, even George Kittle sounded off about the Panthers having crappy turf after week five. Now... I understand all of these stadiums are unique and the way they're set up are unique and the turf that they play on is unique. Back in the day, Paul, when we were watching it, you'd have two choices. You'd have grass, like the Niners and the Green Bay Packers had, or you had green-coloured concrete, like the Philadelphia Eagles had. You know, there was nothing in between. Now, I think if the NFL are going to go down that way, they should just standardise the playing surface. They've standardised everything else. You know, mm. it's not yeah. grass, it's not turf. It's some kind of weird mishmash, turfy, yeah. astro, whatever it is. And if it is proven to be giving players injuries, then I think the NFL need to review this because it's not just us. Lots of teams have had injuries. You know, it's not just yeah, us. yeah. You know, they're happening to lots of different teams. 
Well, Cesia Cesi brought up the subject of the turf. Martin Hughes, how do we feel about the black turf at the MBS? Uh, basically, that translates as what do we think about the field at the Atlanta Stadium? Like Deepak just said, if it's anything, you know, we, we're not experts on this, but I think Deepak's just hitting the nail on the head. The NFL, I mean, they can't do it now mid-season because of the work that goes into, you know, with the groundsmen and stuff. But there needs to be a standardisation of playing surfaces. But that, yeah. but then the the NFL, you know, is for, the, the, there's different stadiums in the NFL, different parts of the countries that have different climates. So whether that would work, I don't know. They must have looked at it, but there needs to be something done with it. Certainly, there needs to be a set of guidelines yeah, so that yeah. we're all, they're all playing off, so that you know you don't get George Kittle losing his call in the locker room after a game because he's just lost. You know, watched one of his teammates go from a real high pick six to his season over. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, it need, like Deepak said, there needs to be a standardisation to it. Uh, and if that playing surface is locked on, we just play it on a game without looking. I assume it is. That's why Martin asked the question. Martin, mm. Martin, our local grounds, groundsman uh, slash bath expert. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't um, forget duck expert. Duck expert too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, if if it is, if it, if that's what it is, then you know, yeah, it just it's something needs doing about it. But unfortunately, there's nothing they will be able to do during the season. We just got to keep our fingers crossed that we don't lose any more players because as the games go on you know we, we get closer to that end goal of being in the barn dance or the playoffs and we don't want to be going into the playoffs with half it roster so yeah 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 uh, mark lyon wants to know what's happened to danny gray will he only be useful when lance returns he's had zero catches for four targets should we be concerned danny gray <coughs> never heard of him <laughs> That's because he's had zero catches from four targets. Zero, yeah, never heard of him. I mean, it, it goes to show, you know, when you've got such a talent stacked offense, how yeah. can you replace these guys? You know, it's really not easy at all. Well, that being said, I mean, last season we had Travis Benjamin, who was a starter for a few, you know, a few teams, and then came to us and dropped down the depth chart, and I think ultimately got released. And we started the season with Danny Gray and Trey Lance as quarterback, and we saw him with a, you know, couple of breakout plays, one in the preseason, I think one in the regular season. But then it seems to me that he's dropped down the depth chart. We've got Dwan Jennings now. Dwan Jennings had a good, has had a a few solid catches this season and he's a big guy and he's solid. Perhaps Carl just prefers a big solid receiver because his quarterback, namely Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing the ball five or six yards rather than being Trey Lance who can throw the ball 20, 30 yards. I think your quarterback in your scheme has a big, uh, you know, uh, bearing on the types of receivers you. So I think it's just a case of that. And Danny Gray will probably be more gutted that Trey Lance went down. Than, well, not more than Trey, obviously, but you know, the, <laughs> but that's what I see is Jennings is a yeah. big bodied receiver who can receive the ball three or four yards from the line of scrimmage and carry it 10 yards. Whereas Danny Gray is a smaller, speedy guy who can run 30, 40 yards in a very quick space. But we haven't got a quarterback who we can trust to sling it 30, 40 yards without there being a double coverage, DBs ready to stand there and catch it in a basket. So that's all I think has gone on there. And it's an unfortunate for him, but then it's the old adage of next man up. I don't mind what the name on the back of the shirt is, as long as they're catching the ball and putting it in the end zone. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, last question for this session. Nathaniel James, which coach is the next on the radar to get fired for losing to the Niners? Before we answer this one, I want to say, Niners, get D'Amico Ryans, put him in a room and lock the door. I don't want to be losing another defensive coordinator at the end of this season. I mean, the, the the attrition rate at the uh, at the Carolina Panthers since that game has been uh, quite high. I think uh, I think one of the, uh, the the concessionary vendors is on the way out as well. <laughs> well, I think this question um, it's it's a quite an interesting question because their coach got sacked immediately after losing to us. Uh, for me, this might be a little case of people living in glass houses not throwing stones because if we don't win six this year, I can guarantee you Shani won't be around. He'll be gone. This is the most talent-stacked team we've had since 1995, I think. And uh, it's now or never. You think more stacked than the last time we went to the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah. The one, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I do think it's more stacked than the one in 2019 and the one in 2013 as well. And that mm, team I agree. both Bowman and Willis on defence. And I still think yeah. this defence was better than that one, you know. Yeah. No, Alden Smith, the cowboy. Yeah, I've I've said this myself. I think this team's better. I know it's a we've got a shorter uh, window of this team this season than the 2013. But I yeah, I think we've got players who we had in that 2019 team that are better through the maturity and experience in the league. It's it we are a, we are a win now team. That it's, there's mm. no other way about it. And Deepak has Deepak has reminded us in the past. And it will become more of a thing coming into the end of the season. We won't be able to pay them all. Um, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, I agree. And but yeah, like DC says, I am very much of the opinion that unless we really do have a run through, Kyle is at risk. And if you've got someone like Demarco Ryan's in the building and other teams are fishing around him, is there a? I know it's very early. I'm, we'll, we'll talk about that closer to the time right, if Ryan's that situation up, happens. Demarco Ryan's could end up being our head coach. No, that's, that, that's, <laughs> what I'm thinking, that's what I'm thinking I'll be entirely honest with you and keep this guy you know but um, mm-hmm. but I think that this is the thing with the NFL because of the parity with the draft and the win now culture I mean you know we've all seen hard knocks when they're meeting in preseason even teams that are crap you know and I'm talking about the Rams the Raiders okay the Cowboys okay even the teams that you don't <laughs> with winning their mission is quite clear and unambiguous. It's to win the Super Bowl. That's yep. everybody's objective. Yeah. There's 30 teams in this league. Only one can win it, you know. So mm-hmm. um, the, the margins, the pressure on coaches to produce are, are colossal. You know, they're, they're huge. And it is a win-now culture. And I think, to be fair with to the Yorks, and this is a very few occasions I will be fair with them, they've kept out of it and let Shanahan and Lynch just get on with it. You know, but mm-hmm. I think they they'll be looking above their newspaper and thinking, "Come on, what the hell are you guys doing now? Where's where's our championship? We want it now. Yeah. You know, you've had long enough. What's happening? You've you've mortgaged the farm on on a quarterback. Where's the where's the return on investment? You know, yeah. they will be asking those questions. I guarantee you. We're now almost at the um, one third point of the season. Uh, the 49ers are three and two and top of the NFC West. Do you, is this where you thought we'd be at this point, Deepak? No, I actually thought we would be much, we'd have, we'd, we'd have at least two more wins. You know, I think, I honestly thought we would start five and oh. 
Oh, really? I did. Truly did. I could not in any universe imagine losing to Chicago or Denver. You know? mm. um, and I don't think Chicago or Denver honestly expected to beat us either. You know, the Rams was always going to be that game. And Carolina had trap game written all over it, but we, we handled them. But, you know, last season, I think we were three and five and still made the NFC championship game. So, you mm-hmm. know, I, I think I think what's happening, I, I, I think you guys can see it too, is our defense is actually getting better with each game, even though our offense is still spluttering a little bit. But the yeah. D is definitely improving game after game, you know, and... I think as long as the defense keeps playing like this, you know, the offense can get away with, you know, an embarrassingly low number of points. You know, the offense needs to be punching in 24, 27 a game for us to be winning. Hmm. James, what about you? you? Did you did you think we'd be three and two by this point of the season or do you agree with Deepak? I only had the only loss I... The only loss I thought we would possibly suffer would be the Rams, and that's only because they beat us last season to go to the big one and win mm. it all. That that was the moment. Yeah, we we did beat the Rams in the regular season last year. Yep, we did, uh, and we own the lamb at uh, Lambs. Sorry, Rams, uh, Lambs. Uh, we own them. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I only had us losing against them, even with Trey at quarterback. Um, I really did think. Um, yeah, I thought we'd be far, but we, we've just said we've got an absolute you know talent stacked roster. So yeah, I had us better. I had us losing one game so far, really. So let's look forward to this weekend's game. Then uh, the 49ers are going to head into Atlanta to play the Falcons. We currently lead the series forty-eight to thirty-two with one draw. The Niners have won four of the last six. We're going into the game as six and a half point favourites. The, the the Falcons have Falcons games have all been decided by six points or less. Can you see this game being a tight six and a half point game, or can you see it being a blowout? Um, personally, Paul, I think it's got blowout written all over it. You know, shouldn't really say that because there are no easy games in the NFL, but there are if you're playing a home game in Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, I had last week as the trap game, like Deepak. I'm a lot more confident this week, um, and I think they'll rally. They'll rally around even more. Uh, yeah. Because of the guys we lost, um, you know there'll be guys on defense that will 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 feel they've got to try and fill very very big shoes in Nick Bosa. So uh, and I'm sure Demarco Ryan's and his lads have been working extremely hard this week. I'm going to go all out. I'm going to say we're winning this one by ten points. This uh, could blow blow up in my face, but yeah, I'm with Dave. It's a blowout all over it. Also, we're doing that other thing when we've got um, a couple of games on the East Coast. We stay on the East Coast. We don't typically return back to California, do we? We stay no. in the East Coast and uh, and do our preparations whilst we're still there. And I think that actually does give us a little bit of an advantage, you know, because the players are chilled. They're not moving around too much, you know. Yep. They don't have to fly all the way back to California and then all the way back to the East Coast again. They're staying in a yeah. that they're familiar and comfortable with. And yep. they can get the job done. Um, yeah, I think Atlanta shouldn't be a, an issue for us. But, you know, who knows? The margins are really, really thin in this in this game. Anybody can beat anybody. The Falcons lost uh, last week to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21-15. Again, a six-point game. The 49ers obviously won by, uh, I think it was more than 20 points we had over Carolina in the end. I've got to agree with you guys. I think this is going to be... Uh, plus 10 margin at least. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think this is going to be a game where we walk in and we just sort things out. Uh, interesting that you said, Deepak, about the, the back-to-back games over on the East Coast and the Force United staying out on the East Coast. I think for the last four seasons where we've had back-to-backs and stayed on the East Coast, we've won not just one of the games, but both of the games, yeah. which I think it, I think is a great record and certainly a, a culture that's been put in place whether it's by Shanahan or whether it's by Lynch, that is definitely working for the 49ers and we need to keep doing that from now on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and don't forget, we've got an international game as well, which for us, it's, for the 49ers, no big deal. It's Mexico. It's not that far. It's not yeah, yeah. like traveling yeah. to Arizona, you know, so it's, mm. it's no biggie. But travel, you know, and, and again, this ties in with other discussions people have had about, you know, an NFL franchise in Europe, blah, blah, blah. But travel does take its toll on these guys. Yeah. I'll tell you what comes in handy, that Marriott Gold card John Lynch has got. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no uh, yeah, it's it's something that Kyle hit on uh, in his first season as our head coach, uh, and we've been doing it ever since. Granted, the scheduling has also aided with this. Uh, we've been quite fortunate to have, you know, these not fortunate, I suppose, because they're away from home, but the way that it, it's been able to be planned. And like uh, Paul said, from memory, we, we've won both of them. So, I mean, let's hope with a couple of weeks in a, in time, you know, seeing the same. You know, we've all predicted a, a 10-point win. I just hope it doesn't blow up massively and make us all three of us look silly. <laughs> yeah. no. Looking at a quick side-by-side comparison, uh, the Falcons are 10th in the NFL, averaging 23.6 points per game. The 49ers are actually 16th in the NFL with 21.6 points per game. But Paul, um, do the, the matchup with their offense against our defense. I think our defense is one. Yeah. Well, this is it. Defensively, the Falcons are 20th in points allowed. We are first in points allowed. And they are 27th in yards allowed. We are, again, first in yards allowed. The the defence is just dominating this season, definitely, as as we spoke about earlier. You know, so that sort of says that our defence will contain their offence. It's a question of our offence being able to score on them. Yep. And, uh, and that goes down to the whole thing. Score over 24 at least, and we're guaranteed a win with this defence. Yeah. Yep. So are all three of us going by 10 points minimum? Minimum. 10 points. Minimum. minimum. Yeah. Ten, 10 points minimum. There you go, guys. You've heard it here first. 10 points minimum. Forget the six and a half points that we've got. Um, we're, going, we're going for 10. Uh, looking quickly at the pick six before we round out the show. Weekly winner this week, Kevin Herbert, Lisa Watson, Graham Ross, Steve Box and Deepak all got six points. The table after week five. First, James Little, 26 points. Nice one, James. Thank you. Uh, second points, uh, second place, sorry, is Kim Sorensen on 22 points. And in third, it's uh, a match between Daryl Hanman and Kieran Walton, both on 19 points. The admin game, first to get James Little. Second, Simon Holdsworth and Steve Box, uh, quite a way behind on 17 points. Third is Nathaniel, Deepak and Graham, you've all got 16 points. Uh, Michael Wandai on 15 points. Um, my, Mark Lyon is on 10 points and I'm right at the bottom on 5 points. <laughs> I'm doing we, we, uh, we won't talk about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my best to keep you company there, Paul, honestly. It's, it's been such a balmy season, hasn't it? And there's been yeah. so it really has. You know, it's been a complete eye-opener. So many games are like not turning out the way they should be. And 
the Raiders nearly got one over the Chiefs on Monday night, you know. So and the Miami Dolphins are a decent football team now. I've, I've woke up from a coma. That, that's oh, yeah. the <laughs> that about the New York Jets. You know, are they a yeah. good football team or have they gotten better? You know, it's one or the other. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks to everyone that works so hard on keeping the show on the air. You all know who you are. It's time for us to say goodbye, gents. Bye, everyone. Bye. On behalf of Deepak Gohill and James Little, I've been Paul MacDonald, you've been the audience, and this has been the Frequency 49 Show. Goodbye for now. Deepak, hit the music.